Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of Mentrepreneurs. My name is Neil. I am your host. Today, I'd just like to start off by thanking everybody who listened into the first episode. We got so much feedback. We even had a suggestion that we should do a clubhouse room. We should host a clubhouse room for the breaking down um, the first episode, uh, the conversations of the topic with the guest and this is the beauty of mentrepreneurs you know we have these people who are willing to speak to us beyond the the podcast which is which is fantastic so we would also like to thank trisha from dallas uh she sponsored today's episode um yeah thank you so much for for your generosity we would also like to thank uh, mac visuals again they do um, if you're not following mac visuals i mean i'm sure you've seen the artwork that we've got this guy is amazing is absolutely amazing is incredible yeah let's let's get straight into it who are we speaking to today man uh today's guest i i really appreciate the value that he's his um he's brought into my life over the short the, sh- the short time that i've known him and it's crazy because he challenged a lot of the things that i used to believe about about money and success and happiness and so this is like something for you to keep on your mind while you listen to this episode does money or can money buy you happiness yeah so today we've got uh mr antoine noble he is the founder and board chairman of we got nick sports inc he is the co-ceo of neighborhood we call home reality he is um usa basketball youth development certified coach and he holds eight years of client success management at various levels uh man this guy is is, is truly inspiring man um i think when you hear a story you understand why i think so highly of him i'd like to apologize for the quality of the audio uh we had a bit of internet uh problems uh, connection problems during the recording but i thought that the content in this episode was just way too valuable for us to redo the entire episode or get rid of it completely uh, so I decided to air it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Mr. Antoine Noble, our mentor for this week. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, Mr. Antoine Noble, thank you for, uh, coming on the show, man. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me, man. I'm very happy to be here. It's a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been talking about doing this for, for quite some time now, but I am, I am super excited for, uh, the gems that you have to split with us. I mean, we've we've had a couple of conversations, and I'm just excited for what you have to share with us as a mentor. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, our our combos they 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 just work like magic. I'm I'm pretty sure this is going to be a dope podcast too. I'm hoping for it. So, uh, tell us about yourself, man. How did you uh, get into the space that you are in right now? I don't want to spoil it, so <laughs> <laughs> you get to tell us what you what you what it is that you're doing right now. Great. So, um, well, my name is Antoine. Um, I'm from New York City. I grew up in Harlem. Uh, I grew up pretty much playing basketball every day. Um, that was my thing, um, playing basketball with my friends. Uh, shout out to Marcus. That was my day one every day, going to the park, wake up 9 o'clock in the morning, go back home 9 at night. I don't know how we did that. If I tried to do that now, it'd be, I'd be... I need crutches, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, yeah, the basketball was my was my thing, man. We grew up in 
uh, we grew up in an okay neighborhood, but still things went on. Um, like there's always violence and drugs in the city and basketball was our way to stay out of those things and just make sure we kept our heads on straight, went to school and played sports. Um, uh, as we, as I got older, I, I went to, uh, Frederick Douglass Academy, played basketball there. Um, my coach was, um, very adamant about us going to college and that was very, very, uh, good for me. Um, like compared to a bunch of my friends that didn't have that kind of, um, environment in their life they some of them didn't end up going to school um even if right. it, um they went to high school they did what they had to do and then they either found jobs or just did what they did in the neighborhoods um luckily i had the right mentors around me to steer me to college um and luckily uh i had some coaches that like looked out for me and wanted sent me to schools to go look at them or went on trips to get recruited, things like that. Um, and I ended up going to a school, Cuca College, to play basketball. Right. Um, so um, basketball has been everything. Um, when it comes to my success, uh, I definitely forward a lot of it to the game, um, which a lot of people wouldn't even see how that correlates. Um, but I feel like those those core values you learn playing sports, man, those are important. Um, and if you don't have them, Sometimes you lack those, the teamwork. Sometimes you lack that leadership from pressure situations. And uh, I just want to share that with kids. Um, but to, like, keep going, I went to Cuca. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play there. Um, I had a lot of knee problems. Um, and then I just pretty much stopped playing for a few years. Um, I was in Cuca for two years. Um, then I transferred over to SUNY Delhi, uh, where I – finished out my degree, got a degree in business technology management. Uh, and then I went on to work at Hewlett Packard doing uh, technology things. Uh, I, I, def I got a degree in tech, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it wasn't my, the first thing I wanted to do in my life. Computers are, computers are an amazing thing, but that's not something I wanted to sit in front of for the rest of my life. So I did, I always leaned towards the business side of my degree and mm -hmm. uh, wanted to focus more on those things. So I spent four years at Hewlett Packard. Um, those years raised me up on the real world and what it takes to be successful and continue to grow in, in a role. Um, from that point on, I just wanted success. Um, and I think that's part of sports too, just having that competitive mentality inside of me. I'm like, I want to do this job, but I don't want to be in this job, how all these other people have been in this job for all these years. Like, I want to do this, I want to move up, and then I want to move up again and move up again and keep mm -hmm. moving up. So when complacency got to me, I moved on, uh, went took two other uh, tech jobs that I stayed in for a few years. Um, my my role was a manager of customer success. Um, so a lot of customer engagement, keeping customers happy. Right. As the years went on, um, I kept getting promoted. I got, I got to the level of director. Um, oh, and wow. That's big, yeah. man. That, that is big. I didn't know that. Is yeah, that I got mean? to, yeah, I got there. The worst part about an audio podcast is I'm here nodding, but <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't see that. So yeah, man, that's that's huge. Wow. And you, did you like the job? Were you were you happy when when you were at? Um, I I don't know. I'm not sure if we should name drop. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm gonna leave him out of it. Okay. Were you happy? <laughs> but, um, where you were? Um, I, I was happy with, uh, I was happy with the success I achieved. I was happy with um, most of my team, um, and I could, I could see a future there. But there was just something inside of me not allowing me to uh, just, just sit down and be like, hey, I, I got where I wanted to be. This is what I want. Unfortunately, when I got there, I realized that goal wasn't my goal. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the guy that's always talking about the pursuit of being happy and like money is not that pursuit. I feel, I feel money is a tool that will let you do some things, have some fun, but that pure happiness goal that you want, I don't think um, money is that thing. But for a while I thought success was I, for a while I thought working hard and getting to um, achieve some goals and getting those victories the way to go but unfortunately uh that wasn't that for me um i know other people were different but for me it wasn't so at at this pivotal high role that i've been seeking for like seven years and finally got i just wasn't happy um in general like mentally um not so much the environment around me uh, even though that did take a put a little bit into it it was more so damn, I don't think this is what I want to do in my life. I don't, this is not fulfilling to me. Right. So uh, just time went on and it just became a thing like, all right, I got to get a plan together. Um, so long story short, I, I was like, hey, I need to start putting money aside. I, I didn't have my full plan of what I want to do, but I'm like, all right. I skipped the I skipped the huge part, bro. All right, <laughs> let's, let's let's rewind a little bit, like a movie, like a flashback. Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, going to ask you about the last thing that you said. Like, were you clear about what you wanted to do before? Oh, um, not not necessarily. So when I when I graduated from school, I started a summer league called Smooth League Sports. Um, me and a couple of my fraternity brothers and. Uh, Girlfriend at the time, and other friends, uh, shout out Whitney. Um, we uh, we started a league in the city um, for uh, uh, for the kids in kids in the neighborhood, um, adults in the neighborhood, and it it was a success. We we had a full summer of, of games, tournaments. We all that we worked, um, we made a little bit of money at it, um, and people were satisfied. Um, like. Everybody that participated, there was no complaining. Um, everybody enjoyed it. They were looking forward to summers to come. But just us being so naive at the time and just not um, ready for that type of business, we didn't know what to do next. So we we had the success. We were like, hey, how do we keep this going all year? How do we make sure we can do this long-term and work and do all the other things we're doing with our lives. Because you know, at that age, 20, 21, 22, unfortunately, you're not the most focused person. Like you're going out, you're enjoying your life. This is your first freedom after being out of school and having your own place, you know? Yeah, so I, I feel a personal attack because I'm somewhere around that age. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so unfor unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, I, I actually quit my job to like try to, focus on a full term because I really I could and it just didn't work out so once uh once I stopped having rent money I had to find me another job and from that point on that's when I got uh stuck in uh in the cycle of going through customer success positions and things like that 
Um, and I love my success. Like I'm it definitely um, actually used to what I'm doing now um, on the right. business side of things. Um, so I'm, I think all of that was necessary. I, I don't regret um, working in the industry for all those years. I feel if I didn't, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I'm definitely uh, grateful to those mentors I've had and some of the bosses. Um, some of them were, some of them sucked. <laughs> I, I, I respect that, man. I, I really appreciate that. You know, we have people who will talk down on these experiences that they have or people who help them become what they are now. And I, but I love, I love that you acknowledge everybody who, who played a role in, in uh, you becoming who you are right now. So uh, you, you said you skipped a part. Did you speak about it or? Oh yeah. It was the smooth league sports. Okay. So that started and now back to being a director. I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, that's something I really enjoyed. I loved it. Um, I enjoyed going out there every day and like making people happy, like throwing, like a sports league. I'm like, how can I do that now at a high level? And I started thinking, started planning. And by the time I uh, left the position I was in, I was like, man, let me give myself a year with uh, just a banked off savings, banked off just whatever I got. I'm going to give myself a full year and see if I can make this work, see if I can develop a business structure that can work long term that I can live off of that I can impact the community and then most importantly something I could bring in all of my people so that they can stop doing things that they may not want to do so they can do something they're passionate about like I, I had a really big picture man I wanted I wanted my whole my whole village to be a part of this um and that's why I'm I'm so passionate about it because I, it's not it's not for it's not for money. Like I've I've experienced those big paychecks. Um, like it did nothing for me. Ever since I started this, the passion's been the passion's been crazy. The fulfillment has been amazing. I never thought I could just do something every day and feel so good about it. All right, I'm I'm actually getting two things here. I I you put money aside enough for you to go one year yes sir so uh the last time that we spoke you were just explaining to me how expensive it is to live in new york city <laughs> and so yeah. I'm, I'm curious man were you making so much at your previous job and you still left or were you running really lean when you were uh when you quit the job i was making pretty good money um at my previous job um yeah, I was making pretty good money. That was the most money I've ever made in my life. And it was like, I say double or more than my first job out of school. So I was making really good money. And people, especially uh, close people, like uh, relatives, like, and you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're a first generation graduate. So how, how did your family take that? Um, I think this, I think a lot of it is not understanding. I think, um, their generation's a bit different. Um, I feel they're, they're more of a, we do this because we have to, because we need to do this to put food on the table, things of that nature. Um, right. I feel like us, we are more about fulfillment and being happy because not to take anything away from previous generations, but I think we figured out 
easier easier ways to get money like i don't have to lay bricks like i can use my mind and sit at home for eight hours and do a job that makes me substantial amount of money than to be out in the sun um doing construction there's nothing nothing against that nothing wrong with that but a lot of people didn't have those means back in the day because a lot of them didn't go to college or didn't see those those kind of goals for themselves they they wanted to provide for us which i am very happy they did um but i feel they gave that to us so we can be better and that's the same thing i want to do for the next generation i figured out how to do something easier how to make money easier i want them to do it even easier um and i think that's part of evolution of us as a as people um so Gotta be grateful for the people that came before you. Right. So right now you are doing something exciting. Uh, tell us about We Got Next Sports. Great. So uh, We Got Next Sports is the organization that I created. Uh, we are a 501c3 organization, which means we're a nonprofit. Um, right. So we are focusing on um, having free sports programs for um, the youth in the neighborhood, youth in the community. There's a lot of communities um, in the Bronx, in New York City, that would be considered at-risk communities, meaning they have high levels of violence, drugs, crime, things of that nature. So uh, we want to be a focal point in those neighborhoods. We want to um, give as many youth as possible free programs to go to so that they can stay out of the streets and stay out of uh, just negative things going on in their um, everyday environments. Uh, we also are participating in um, and throwing programs at peak hours um, of those um, in those communities um, violence. So for instance, peak hours in, I don't wanna say the neighborhoods, but certain areas in the Bronx, peak hours of violence and crime can right. be like 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So right. um, during that time in the weekend, we'll have like programs free to the kids so they can stay out of those environments and just get like, some positivity around them, some mentorship, some values that they can use to like, just be better people. And that's very important to me. Like we have these things, I'm not sure if you have them, uh, just these citizen, the citizen app thing where it tells you like all the crime that's going on around you. And I showed one of my friends that live in Minnesota this before. um, And he, he was like, whoa, like I, I get three alerts back to back shooting shooting stabbing and it's like yeah and it's it's around you like you may not see it but it's happening in my vicinity like and who knows what kind of kids are around these things happening so we want to make sure they have somewhere to go where they can feel safe and just be productive Um, that's one of the most important things to us on the flip from that um my secondary but very um very very important goal to myself as the founder of the org is girls participation in sports so compared to guys uh girls participation in sports after like 12 to 14 it cuts in half because either they don't have a place to go and have programs um, because most of them are boy dominant or they're just like not encouraged to continue on and do these things because of the lack of representation they may see in their communities. Right. So that's, that's something I want to help out with. Um, I've, my board, my board for my organization is, um, I say about 75, 80% of 
women wow. leaders in their industry um because i i felt it was important to have that representation on my board um and some of them are former collegiate athletes that have done it can talk to these young girls and show them hey we can get out of this neighborhood uh you can use these skills to get to college and to get a job that you feel you love and it's fulfilling to you so that's one of the big big missions for myself and to go deeper into why that's a mission for myself is honestly because of one of my my idols growing up and that's on the late great Kobe Bryant um I I love I mean I've been a Laker fan since day one uh, I'm I'm I was born in 1989 uh, I was a I was a Magic fan first I never was a Knicks fan ever my uh, dad was a Knicks I, fan I was gonna ask that because you were you born in New York Yep, my dad's a Knicks fan. He always tried, um, but they just weren't for me. Um, so I, I went to Orlando. I was a Penny Hardaway and Shaq. Those are my guys, man. Penny and Shaq. Um, I never was a Jordan fan either, surprisingly. Uh, but Penny and Shaq, my boys, then uh, Penny got hurt. So Shaq went to L.A. I followed Shaq and uh, found a gem, Kobe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> um, I don't Kobe watch just... that much NBA, but I like I love these people that you're talking about. I have seen them on my screen at some point, so wow. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing yeah, and like Kobe's just his mentality from day one was just so inspiring, man. Like I feel like you can take that Mamba mentality and put it into anything. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be performance on the court. It could be performance in your job, just having that competitive fire to be better than everybody else. Like trying to reach perfection. Perfection is not something I believe in, but I absolutely believe in trying to reach it because that just means that you're doing the best you can. And uh, so the whole me thinking about, hey, when I'm going to, make these changes and start what you got next in the middle of that Kobe died and honestly I didn't I didn't know it was possible but I cried for a person I never met and that that was nuts to me um I didn't I didn't understand it like how you can have such a such a connection with someone you never even talked to for real um, but it's all the, I guess it's like all the lessons I've learned just from watching him over the years. Right. Right. And, and, uh, his, his daughter, man, I, I talked about his daughter. Like she was my niece, man. Gigi was going to change the WNBA. Like she, she was becoming a little Kobe as a, as a girl and people were so excited about it. Like there was coverage of her at her age. Like, man, we can't wait till she's older to see what she can do. And right. that struck a nerve with me. Like, I'm like, there's probably so many girls out there that can uh, be trained like that. And it doesn't need a Kobe Bryant to do it. It just needs somebody that's willing to have patience and work with them to, so they can achieve their best. Um, so that's how, that's how that all ties into me wanting to just improve the girls' participation in sports. Like, I, wanna, I want girls' sports to be one of the most relevant things in uh in New York City by the time I'm done there. And hopefully that's something I can succeed in doing. I mean, I can relate to that. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I think it's relatable to anyone who's got an idol or uh, who's a fan of anyone, really. 
So um, we got next sports. How many sports uh, sporting disciplines do you have at uh, your organization? And why is it nonprofit? Like, why did you make nonprofit? <laughs> Two very good questions. So um, I'll, I'll go the why is it nonprofit first. So um, like I said before, we did, I did smooth league sports. That wasn't nonprofit. That was for profit. Um, and I just... I went that route and it wasn't, it wasn't the route for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't like uh, just having to charge kids so much money to, even though I was very affordable, I didn't like having to charge kids money to participate in these things because sometimes I didn't have that money when I was a kid and I had to right. sit out of certain things um, that could have made me a better player. There's places in the city, man, that charge you $500 a week to train your kid. And that's absolutely ridiculous. So I was like, I'm going to go nonprofit. I'm going to show how I can impact the city. I'm going to show how I can impact the youth. And then I'm going to reach out to all these big businesses. Um, so Nike, give me some money. I hope, I hope Nike is listening. I mean, I could I could use a couple of bucks too, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, get some sponsorship deals going, man. <laughs> man, I love it. I love what you're doing for the kids. And um, I, I, I can't relate because I grew up in very protected neighborhoods. And that, that has nothing to do with my social class. There's just not that much crime going on. And we, we see what is going on in, in the U.S. and uh, on the media. And I'm not even sure if that uh, properly represents what's actually on the ground. And for you to, I mean, I love what you said about having the, the female, pe- uh, female players who actually played at a high level coming to speak to uh, younger girls and telling them that we can get out of this and you can make it, but I love that you're doing this within your community. You're just building a safe space within the community. Kudos to you for that, man. I thank you, it. thank you. Yeah, so, and that's our goal. We wanna we wanna expand in this community. We wanna expand throughout the Bronx. Bronx is pretty big. And then after after that's done, and we have programs on the floor for all the kids, and then we'll then we'll think about expanding out further. But we're not going to be the type of organization that just rushes and do does it. We're going to make sure we take care of our own, um, and that's most important to me. Right. Um, so uh, the the second question, which I asked, actually that was the first question: How many sporting disciplines do you have? So at the moment, um, this year um, we are introducing basketball program, a t-ball program for the little itty bitties. Uh, we're going to be partnering with some organizations on a soccer program for like Saturday morning soccer. Um, and later on in the year towards the end, uh, we want to get into uh, some flag football. Um, but down the line, many more things we want to achieve. We want to eventually get to every sport that we can. Um, and yeah, that's the goal. That's the big goal. Um, oh, right now we're focusing on things we have expertise in like that I have people around me that have played these games that can that understand a philosophy behind them that can teach that to the kids because I think a lot of um, organizations out there just say hey learn all these cool dribble moves so I can put you on Instagram and show that we taught you how to dribble all this but then when they get on the court that's not going to help you buddy like right, you gotta, right. you gotta understand why you're doing this and what move to do, when to do it, like how to move around the court. All these things are parts of the mental part of the game that we want to focus on and make sure that the kids know as well. Because just even myself, um, people that play with me, man, 
I, that, the mental part of the game, that was lacking for me for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I was a shooter. I shot. So, but once I figured out the rest of it, um, probably too later on in life, but now I can help other people understand it better. Um, so I want to make sure that the 10-year-old understands what I understand now so that when the time they're, by the time they're 18, man, they're going to be monsters. So that's that's pretty much what I want to do. Build a lot of little monsters out there that can just be the best at with the sport that they choose. I love it, man. I, I can't wait until some of your, uh, some of the kids that you're training get drafted. I hope, I hope that you have. That would be a nice goal, man. <laughs> um, so you guys are almost a year old. You started uh, this organization in the middle of a global pandemic. What was going through your mind when you decided that, look, this is what I want to do? There was, we didn't, uh, there was no certainty of how we were going to, if the pandemic was going to go away or, you know, how long we're going to have COVID. So what was your state of mind when you made this decision? Well, my first state of mind was, man, I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> um, I just, when I decided to do it, the actual pandemic didn't start yet. So um, like unofficially, when I first started thinking about the company was uh, right before the pandemic. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to plan this out. Um, I had this vision in my in my mind that I was going to just go out some coffee shops on my laptop, work on things, make some connections, you know, do this every day, you know, uh, live that kind of life that I always saw people doing. I always wondered, hey, how are these people just sitting in this coffee shop all day? Like they don't work and now I get it. But all of that disappeared as soon as they um, said, hey, we're in a pandemic. Hey, there's no sports. What am I going to do now? I'm trying to build a sports company and we can't play sports. Right. So uh, that threw me for a loop for a couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. Then, then the panic set in, then, then the planning set in. Uh, you always got to, I'll never sugarcoat. There's sometimes you're going to be like, man, what did I do? But then you got to come back to earth and be like, oh, great. We can't do this. So we're going to approach it this way. So then I just pivoted, man. And that's something I learned how to do in my jobs. Um, I'm like, all right, so we can't do, we can't do physical activities right now, but we can build our presence. We can build our brand. And then we started to build our brand on social media. Then I started to build my team. I am very grateful to um, my team. I couldn't have done any of this without them. Um, like I started with a core of five, my, my best friend, Kavorn, Larita, uh, my little sister's on my board too. Her name's Jasmine and uh, a friend from college that played NCAA um, basketball. Her name is Brittany. They're, they're focal. Um, like we all brought ideas and we're like, all right, we can do this. Um, let's not worry about the physical aspects right now. We're going to put our plan together. We're going to reach out to organizations. We're going to talk to the city and behold, um, we got a community center, um, from through, through the city, um, that, is going to be open back up fully for business come summer and we'll wow. be having free programs for for the kids so it was hard a lot of people couldn't see the vision um a lot of people couldn't see hey why are you reaching out to me right now when we can't play sports and that got me thinking i was like why is that the answer for so many people are you guys not thinking long term so once I figured that out, man, I, I, I figured out a lot of a lot of different organizations out there are doing the wrong things. If they're just focusing solely on the next few months, 
that's that's not how you run business. Um, right. And I started putting year-long plan together and presenting this plan to people and wowing people like and that's how we've been getting the connections. It's getting it's getting to a point now that people are reaching out to us and wanting to partner with us. So I'm I'm very ecstatic about that. Um and couldn't do it without my team. And that that core five that I started the pandemic with is our board is seven people now. We added um two more board members, Danica and Whitney. Whitney was uh with smooth league sports with me so um she she gets my she gets what i've been trying to do so i got some old backup to help out with the new the new uh mission um so that's that's gonna be a wonderful thing as well um and kavon's been with me the whole way um i'm helping out with any any and every idea i come up with because i do come up with ideas (laughs) um and our volunteer group has grown amazingly. Um, went from zero to about 13 um, volunteers that are ready and willing to help out with programs right now. Um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just very humbled that people believed in the vision I had and are working for free, you know? <laughs> like yeah. how can you get this many people to just volunteer and do things for free? And one of the most major things I said I didn't want to do is promise people um, money, future money, mm-hmm. um, because you never know what's going to happen, you know? Um, like, we have this goal, and of course, if we all do what we have to do, everybody will have their money, and everybody will have their salaries eventually, um, but that's not a priority. I made sure our priority has always been the kids. Um, the, the, our focus is the kids and growing the program, and the rest will do itself, and I, I'm so happy I have that many like-minded people around me because people looking for money, nah, that was a different type of programs that I don't want to associate myself with. Like, I want to be that program that doesn't need to just spotlight the best kid on the team. I want to spotlight all of my kids. I want to show all their advancement and I want to just, just be there for them, whatever they need, huh? There's some, um, there's so many kids that don't make their teams in school and they stop playing. Then they don't have to do that anymore. They can come to us, get better and go back next year and make that team. I love that. Yeah. I was one of those kids. I'm so many kids. So many kids as me. I didn't make lots of my school teams. So (laughs) until I was in high school. So I love that. I wish that there was something available for people like myself. Um, So my next question would be how many kids do you have enrolled in your program right now gotcha so our summer program for we got next at the community center that we now have we will be starting with about 35 to 40 children we're doing a summer league in the hunts point community um that'll be serving about 100 plus children we will be doing a two-week intense um basketball um fundamental camp I'll be serving another 25 children. Uh, the soccer partnership that we're going to be doing, I believe that is estimate about 30 children. And uh, we're and just we're going to be having like free events in in parks and things like that. So we're going to be impacting at least for the rest of this year, or trying to strive at least to at least 500 plus kids impacted by wow. our programs um, by year end. And that's that's definitely up from what I 
originally planned. Originally, I planned to affect 250 kids um, this year, but the rate we're going and the things that we're scheduling will be closer to that 500 number. Man, I, you are doing a great service to your community. You're doing a service to the world, man. I, I salute you for, for everything that you're doing. Uh, this is probably going to be my last question. Are you still running off your savings? or you found a way to, to monetize the, the nonprofit? Because we have people here. I mean, the, the point of the show is to inspire uh, oh, yeah. new entrepreneurs and stuff. Uh, yes. Who, Karen, Karen, sorry. Oh, absolutely. So um, with nonprofits, um, I know it may be confusing when you're starting one because it says not pro- nonprofit, but you gotta attack it like a regular business. So in essence, it is a for-profit. Um, you're just, everything's tax deductible. You can take donations, you can take grants, uh, and you're doing it for a greater cause. That should be your reason for starting a nonprofit. Money's never going to be amazing at a nonprofit. I don't think, uh, most founders or most, uh, executive directors make, uh, they make decent money, but nobody's driving Lamborghinis. Right. Um, so if this is work that you want to do, you have to be dedicated to the work and less in the money. But to answer your question is we are almost at that pivotal point where we will start to, uh, get into some paying of certain staff members. Um, it takes, it takes a time. It takes, uh, it takes impact. Um, impact is a major thing, um, when it comes to these things. So like I said, affecting those kids, um, that's impact that allows us to get grant money that allows our donors to keep donating to us. Um, and only a small percentage of any donations that we would have to come in would go towards, uh, like salaries and just things of that nature, because most of it is to keep these programs as affordable as possible for the kids. Like, so yes, as more donors come in, we're almost to that point where we'll be, I say by our conversation next, this, if we had the same conversation next year, uh-huh. uh, I think my current staff would be um, getting paid on a regular. I, I thought you were going to say about our next conversation, I was going to tell you that we're, we're talking next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, Mr. Noble, thank you for coming on the show. How do we get involved? Um, I'm sure someone was moved by your story. If I want to be a part of We Got Thick Sports and I want to be a part of your vision, how can I how can I contribute? So the best way to contribute would be through uh, through um, social media, just following us, um, liking, commenting, donating. Of course, um, that's one of the things that keeps us going. Uh, if we have more donors, we will be able to hit more areas and have more free programs for kids. Um, so going to our website, we got nextsports.org, hitting the donate button, that'll, that'll be beneficial to everyone involved. Um, when you go to our website and you go to donate, next to the button, it tells you the kind of things that you'll be uh, putting money towards, whether it's equipment, whether it's sponsoring a kid for a free program. Um, it, right, The button right there tells you exactly what your money is going to. And all proceeds go towards um, the operating of, the, of this business. Even uh, when people buy our merch, um, when, if you go to our website, you can also go to our merch store, buy a hoodie, 
um, buy some shirts for kids and all those proceeds go to was the programs. So those that's pretty much the best way to do is supporting us on social media and donating what you can. And um, I, I tell us to everybody, even if you only got a dollar, dollar, five dollars, donate what you can. It all it all adds up. If everybody, if everybody listening to this right now donated $5, I, I bet you that would be a large sum of money, you know? So yeah, whatever you can do it. We, we, people donate in subscriptions sometimes. Um, it's, it's all what you feel you can do and what kind of um, impact you want to have on the kids. And if you're close to us and you want to help out, volunteer, definitely reach out. There's, there's all the information's on our website, all the information's on our social media as well. Or you could just reach out to me if you wanted to reach out to me. Um, um, my name will be on this somewhere. I, uh, I guess. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. My my email is just uh, Antoine at WeGotNextSports.org. So, feel free to um, hit me up if you have any questions about anything or want to get involved. That's beautiful. You know, you're the second person to say uh, your name will be on here. Some I don't know what is going on with our guests. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, like, sent out a, a memo that we're not putting your names on the, on the, uh, on the flyers. <laughs> but, I don't know, man. Sometimes weird stuff happens. <laughs> I love, uh, man, I, I love what you're doing. I, I, I really hope that we have people listening to this who will um, help you uh, with your vision, with your journey. And we catch up with all our mentors, so we will have you back definitely many times. Oh. And we appreciate you taking the time to to split gems with us. The last thing, if somebody wants to connect with you as a mentor, is that possible? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, like I've been, I've been, um, honestly helping other people start their nonprofits. Um. I'm very open and talking, man. If you if you just have an idea, you don't know how to put it together, feel free to hit me up. Uh, um, I'm I'm very open to it. Um, I think, I think as a community, we all need to come together and do these things, man. I I feel like there's so many people out there with ideas that just don't have the confidence. Forget that, man. Just just bring those ideas and let's work. That's that's I'm I'm doing it. I mean. <laughs> I, I used to think this is impossible too but now i have a full company going like it's crazy i love it man thank you for being on the show man take care of yourself yeah thanks a lot man um we'll be we'll be talking soon thanks for having me definitely well ladies and gentlemen we've reached the end of episode two um uh, thank you again for being a part of this journey i hope we were able to bring um, some value to you and hopefully we have people and people who are listening today who want to start a non-profit and and, and I'm sure Antoine's story is is inspiring because he was able to get this thing together in under 12 months and it's working and it's, it's growing at, a, at an incredible rate yeah so thanks once again for listening in have a good week stay blessed